This week we'll be talking about the massive GTA 6 league. G4 TV hit with major layoffs less than a year after coming back. We finally get to see PSVR 2 and what's in store for us. All the farm simulators in the one Fire Emblem game at the latest Nintendo Direct. GoldenEye 007 coming to Xbox and Nintendo with some weird caveats. Xbox trying their best to break into Japanese homes at TGS. Blizzard's response to the backlash surrounding the Battle Pass character unlock news. Game impressions from Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Multiplayer Beta, Genshin Impact, and more on Season 6, Episode 36 of Press X to Start Podcast. What's up, everyone? I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Legends, a.k.a. Silent But Deadly. I am joined by who? Sean M.F. Ross. What the MF stand for? Da homie. Oh, is that German? Da homie? At some, at, at some point, they were probably there. No? I don't doubt it. <laughs> uh, who homie else is here? Yes, homie. Yeah? Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, you shouldn't listen to me. I, I've never taken a single German class in my life, so there's that. And who was that? I mean, that's like, me, you know, Avery. Nailed it. Look at that. That's the, the news tycoon right there. All right. Uh, now you know who we are. Press X Star Podcast is the weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news. We review the biggest games and give you our thoughts on the games we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game media landscape through an underserved point of view. Now, before we jump into the stuff and the news and the GTA 6 stuff, we have a little announcement. Check out our live reactions of the PlayStation State of Play. We were talking about the review of Tekken 8, the God of War Ragnarok, Rise of the Ronin, and more. It's on our YouTube at Press Start TV. Or if you're watching this right now, you just, you just literally just do the whole click thing because there will be like a little card for you to click on. And you can just do that. But if you're listening to this, you need to watch. Just do both at the same time. It's amazing. It's called multitasking. I believe in you. All right. With that being case, now you know who we are, now you know what this podcast is, and now you know where to go to watch the PlayStation State of Play. Let us jump into the quick hits. <laughs> now, again, normally I'd be like, Avery, take it away, and he'll do like an amazing, fantastic job. But today, you got a little special. It's just, this number one's coming from me, guys. It's coming from me. GTA 6 gameplay leaks online with 90 videos coming from The Verge. Coming from Tom Warning from The Verge. So this was a massive leak. This actually happened, uh, the, I guess, early, early morning from the day we were recording. Uh, so essentially, footage of Grand Theft Auto 6, Rockstar's next entry in the open world franchise, has leaked online. This comes from PC Gamer Reports that a user on the GTA forums has posted a three gigabyte file full of 90 videos of the GTA 6 footage. It's not exactly clear how the footage was obtained, but Teapot Tuber Hacker, that's an interesting name, poster claims to be behind the unrelated Uber hack late last week, says that they may leak more data soon, including GTA 5 and GTA 6 source code, assets, and testing builds. So this is, this is really bad for Rockstar. The fear is that if they release the source code and like, if it's the actual source code, then Rockstar is going to have to delay the game and change the source code to prevent people from tampering or messing with the game, you know, once it releases. And that's, 
this is kind of the worst, not kind of, this is the worst thing that could happen for Rockstar right now. And it's 90 videos, but it, like, it equals to about like 50 or so minutes of footage. I've watched about 15 or so minutes of it. It yeah. looks really good. Yeah. Uh, there is a about three minute clip of the lady character with the guy character. Like, so the news that had broke before was that this GTA six, the story is going to be like a Bonnie and Clyde situation where it's a, a guy and girl robbing banks and stuff. And we kind of follow their story or whatever. Yeah. So we actually get some footage of that. It looks really cool. Like when you have the gun and you're looking at different people and it looks like you get different options of things you can do to the people. So, yeah. So that's really cool. We're not going to show any of the footage because we want to keep on Rockstar's good side. So if you want to, if you want to see the footage, just go find it. It's going to be everywhere on YouTube. So there's that. Um, What's your guys thoughts on this? The little that I did see looks interesting, but I don't know if I'm going to look at much. It did look very good. I was looking at um, the comparison screenshots yeah, and um, the hair looked good on the protagonist. I think it's Lucia. Yeah, yeah. As well as like, as strange as this is to point out, like you can see the outline of her bra strap through the back of her shirt. If those are two different solid objects, like polygons interacting with each other, that's like if the shirt is conforming around that, that's 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 crazy. That's bonkers. Yeah, that's I feel like that's close to the equivalent, although they may have something different. But that's close to the equivalent of when we first saw GTA five and people like, oh, my God, the flip flops flip flop. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. You're totally right on that. Yeah. I, I feel like that level of detail, if that level of detail persists throughout the entire open world, that is insane. That's because the new gold standard. Exactly. Exactly. So to see that in this and it's just like, oh, man, if if that is a thing that is kept and it's kept throughout, like all the different clothing options that you get in the game. That's going to be really impressive. A rock star is trying to earn your $70, and I am not upset. <laughs> I, you know what? We've had GTA 5 for how long? And like they're eight, getting 10 years? Almost. They're getting, they're getting every dollar out of it. And, um, uh, Jesus Christ, we're going to be in a home by the time GTA 7 gets leaked. <laughs> this is upsetting, folks. <laughs> this is upsetting. I am mad at it, but Jesus, now. At one point, we were getting one Rockstar game a year. Now we're getting three console generations of Rockstar game. Yeah. But, um, we get a Rockstar game a decade. <laughs> GTA 6 remaster fitting to go crazy. <laughs> Avery. And of course, yeah, go ahead, Avery. I've watched none of the footage, nor do I necessarily care about GTA 6. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you not like GTA or you don't care? I like about it's GTA? not my favorite franchise. Like I played mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto games. But I'm not playing. When someone announces the Grand Theft Auto, my life doesn't change. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Okay. I remember standing in line to get GTA 5 on the PS3 and Xbox 360. And uh, there was a mock mm-hmm. police car. I still to this day don't know if that was real. Some assholes came up in a, uh, it was a Mustang and a, and a Cor- not a Corvette, a, um, a modified Camaro. They had like, you know, straight pipes on and they were tearing ass through Bowie Town Center. You know where that is. Yeah, yeah. Straight down the middle next to the uh, GameStop. But there was also a PG County police, a state trooper, and I want to say a Bowie police posted up just in case any shit popped off because it was a midnight release. Remember those yeah. guys? Remember midnight releases? 
Ah, <laughs> uh, those are the days. Yeah, Man. but uh, yeah, shit, shit was brazy, y'all. <laughs> I kind of hope that was an actual like publicity thing that Rockstar did specifically for that GameStop. <laughs> to, to this day, to this day. <laughs> but yeah, like um, that. This is. It's, I mean, the, the footage looks good. Like, you know, it sucks that this is how we're seeing it and we're not seeing it in the best light. And, you know, we're also not seeing it with the final or official polish. Yeah, yet. the final polish. So, yeah. So when we get that footage, it is going to look amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm excited I, for I, it. I'm excited for I'm it. Excited for it. I've played every GTA. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Chinatown Wars. I never, I never played Chinatown Wars. Exactly. I played the mainline GTA stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Avery, take it away. Well, no, I'm here. Uh, hey everyone, this is Avery. Ooh, I said my last name. That's unfortunate, Mark. I need you to bleep that out <laughs> in all forms of this media. Yeah, keep that shit on the down low. That name is so unique. Your stalkers <laughs> are gonna be all over you. You would be surprised. Ladies, don't tear him <laughs> apart too much. Or fellas, I mean, whatever, you know. <laughs> He's attractive to all. Uh, yeah, so this is from thegamer.com. This is from Rhiannon Bevan. Uh, report, devs don't want to work on Assassin's Creed Red because of Project Lead abuse allegations. So uh, Assassin's Creed Red was announced about two weeks ago, your time and from this, but a week ago, our time. is It was one of the projects in the Ubisoft uh, Assassin's Creed Infinity. It would be the first one. It was the... Uh, long-awaited ninja assassin's creed game which has been leaped by other games at this point so if you're still excited for that yay but yeah they brought out i believe the creative director on that as well uh jonathan dumont and uh if you don't remember jonathan dumont's name it's because well you should because he was one of the people outed in the uh ubisoft uh allegations against the company uh and this is pointed out by a better ubisoft a sort of a semi internal external watchdog group that wants essentially to make ubisoft better and is holding its leadership accountable for the grave mistakes that they've made over the years and they sort of revealed that that hey man people don't want to work on this game like it doesn't matter if dumont has changed quote unquote the shit he was doing was just so heinous that people don't want to work on it and people have left because of him uh, I don't necessarily believe it's going to really impact like the development of this game in any meaningful way, but it is one of those things that I want everyone to keep um, keep in the back of their mind as this game's development goes forward and we see Ubisoft make more and more changes. Yeah, like, unfortunately, there are more developers that want to work than developers that care about this. So, like, you know... It, it it sucks that that is the case, and it sucks that Ubisoft knows that they can put this man to lead Assassin's Creed Red, and they know that they don't necessarily have to worry about too big of a backlash because they know that everyone wants Assassin's Creed, like this whole ninja like Shinobi thing. Like people want it, they they understand that, and it's just like it 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 even might just serve them better to have a different person make this other than a person who makes. The other Assassin's Creed games, because just like I don't know, I don't know, man, this sucks. I don't necessarily agree with that last part. In that, one of the big problems Assassin's Creed had is when it decided to stop being an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, and so the idea of that, okay, we're we should put someone who's not made an Assassin's Creed game in charge. We did that before, and we got the split in the 
development between uh i want to say it was like origins and yeah between origins and i want to say uh syndicate syndicate yeah yeah so so i mean maybe maybe i wasn't listening so this guy he wasn't a part of like the origin going forward he was part of the old i don't necessarily believe he's part of the old guard he's been working on you oh okay okay all right yeah okay we'll see we'll see how it goes it is also weird too like now just at the back end of like tgs and all the different showcases and stuff it's like team ninja is working on two different like samurai games um we have ghost of shima could you put Sekiro in that bucket or no no okay different right, different right. yeah okay yeah like i said i'm of the mindset that they're too little too late and mm-hmm. it depends on what type of game they're trying to make if they're trying to make that big open world uh last three assassin's creed games with red then like you're shit out of luck you're going to get immediately compared to ghost of tsushima which is probably going to have a sequel that's going to come out either around yeah. the same time your game is coming out or after your game is going to come out and that's while assassin's yeah. creed has a name brand and it's on all systems i don't think it wants the ghost of tsushima 2 smoke uh, i think people are uh assassin's creed fatigued out I don't think it's Assassin's Creed fatigue out. I'm just like, hey man, they're making a better game than you. That's true. <laughs> uh, it's it's just it's the formula that like needs to be. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if I want to say like it's the formula that needs to be tweaked because they tweaked the formula and that's how we got Origins and stuff. Yeah. So I it's like, that. all right. Yeah, exactly. The, the, so like, it's like, the, do you tweak it to go back? I think the yeah. uh, if okay, Lama relitigate old Assassin's Creed bullshit. What they needed to do was. A, put time between the games. If you put out eventually mm-hmm. the same game every year, eventually it's going to wear thin on people. Because like, there's essentially yep. nothing, there was nothing wrong with the old Assassin's Creed format. It's just there was little time between games and any innovation seemed so micro that people just ignored it. Like, it's really insane that like, I think it's like four years, four or five years between Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and then yeah. Syndicate. But like, if you play Syndicate, the locomotion in that game is so much more different all the assassins creed it's like oh this is a huge leap but it's not a huge leap because last year we had another assassin's creed game that had minor incremental things and then the year before that we had another assassin's creed game that had minor it's one of those things like i think the old assassin's creed uh formula was good it worked i understand why they changed it because it allowed them to essentially make more money off the games by making them a longer experience yeah yeah that's maybe getting old bullshit, but let's move on to our next story. This is from <clears throat> Windows Central. This is from Jeff Corden. Halo lead Bonnie Ross is leaving 343 Industries and Xbox. This is an interesting story, and I'm going to couch it in two skews. The first skew is Bonnie leaving, where she indicates that she's leaving the company not because of any outside forces, but because she has a family emergency or like family uh, a situation that requires her to step down from 343 to handle. Okay. Mm. That's her bowing out and leaving. The other avenue is we're living in a world where Halo Infinite is in a bad place. Uh, yes, in a yeah. bad place. And a sword needs to fall on that game. And shout out to Microsoft PR for orchestrating a situation like this for them to make a full-on seat change at the company without ruffling any real feathers in in terms of their PR base. Uh, So immediately after Bonnie's left, we pretty much have a brand new creative team at 343 in that uh, Pierre Hintz, 
Brian Koski and Elizabeth Van Wick are essentially taking over and will be the Shepherds of 343 going forward, including what is uh, going to be Halo's future going forward. Now, has it been successful under her at all? Well, Bonnie has been with Halo for over 15 years. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what came out when she was on? All the Halos. Oh. Yeah. So it's like 15 years ago is right before Halo 3 came out. She's been at Microsoft for 27 years. She's been working specifically on Halo for 15. So, like, Halo 3. And without transparency of what what really went wrong in the Halo Infinite's development, mm-hmm. I can't tell you whether she's the reason that the game exactly needed, yeah she's the head that you need to roll on for the game yeah. But like to the first point, I hope everything is going well for family. If indeed that is the situation that needs to be handled, because I'm of the mindset, and you can uh, you can catch me if I'm being uh, insensitive, because I've seen this exact fucking like press release released 15 different times in like business and entertainment, which is just them soft rolling that we made a hard decision and we don't want to talk about it because no one's going to talk about it if we couch it in this, in this language. So A, if, yeah, the, if it's yeah. true, I hope everything's going well for family and nothing's more important. But B, if it's not true, it's really fucked up. I just, just be transparent about what's going on with this franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's the main issue is that, it it it's terrible and it sucks that you know she has to deal with whatever family emergency she has but it also it's it's really hard to be like i mean even jordan said like you kind of have to take it face value because like if it is a family thing it's like it's it's terrible to think like oh yeah xbox are just kind of like you know put it as this because they want to avoid the backlash but like you know if she really is going through a family thing it's like ah we're, we're being insensitive but yeah. it, again, it's really hard to not be cynical about this because, as Avery said, like we've seen stuff like this happen so many times. And then later on, we get the, the full story where it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, publisher positioned the letting go of this um, higher up as like a family thing or something that is not exactly true. And it's just like, oh, OK, well, that sucks that you kind of play with our emotions. So it is why I take the issue is like, OK, you because you don't want to confront, because Microsoft has done a really great job of, like, I, I, one thing I will applaud Microsoft on is their PR. There is no mm-hmm. such thing as bad news at Xbox at all. Anything that can be perceived as an L is immediately ignored and pushed past by both a very happy audience and a very good marketing and PR team that's able to couch every misstep as a thing. So we're sitting yeah. here in a year through year two of halo infinite a game that's in not dire straits but not in good states and Mm -hmm. if you're xbox is as far as as i know from xbox everything is fine and dandy which is why a move like this feels so weird and out of place for the game because like if if you're just hearing what microsoft is saying about the game there's nothing wrong with the game they're moving forward yada 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 so this seems weird but if you're paying attention to the game and its actual development oh it's in a weird place People have been wondering, should we take this game away from 343, which is weird because 343 was built to make Halo. So, like, taking away from them is a weird prospect. Yeah. It's uh, a failure. It's a failure. And it, it's hard to admit failure sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I guess shout out to Bonnie. I hope everything's okay with her. And I'm really interested in what does this mean for Halo Infinite? Because Halo Infinite is supposed to be their 15 year like game that's going to be like 
a platform going forward and we're in year we're in year one we're still in season we just began season two which is going to last till next year and where is the infinite in the halo infinite if that makes sense yeah of all the halo games it's one of the halo games of all time (laughs) (laughs) all right um before we jump into Tencent's buffoonery, uh, we hope that you are enjoying us talk about games. So do us a solid and hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and hit that notification bell. If you are listening, please pause the podcast and leave us a review. I meant to grab a review to read off right now, but I have uh, forgotten that because life. I mean, I'm sure one of them said that Press X to Start is the greatest of all time. Yeah, I think most of them said that actually, Sean, like, you know, from the stuff that I've read, you know, in my free time. And yeah, so thank you, people who say that we are the greatest of all time, because we, we firmly believe that. And we thank you again that I am trailing off. Yeah. All right. So, um. Keep enjoying the show, and we thank you. Make sure you hit that like button, do those things. All right, now back to the show. Avery! Okay, so I have two stories that are in tandem. There's a third story that is less big, but it's also something that happened in its time. This was a really bad week uh, for video game media, in a sense. Uh, If you aren't a publicly backed or privately owned uh, video game entity, you it's really hard to survive, especially when you're trying to do stuff that is outside of the norm so our first story is this is from both these stories from taku further from zach swyzen zweizen uh tencent guts its gaming news site firing staff without warning and then the second story is that g4 tv hit with major layoffs less than a year after coming back this is when ethan gotch so the fanboy thing is it's weird in that i could see the tea leaves when it came to fanbite because of the type of content they put out. Uh, essentially, what happened to Fanbyte is it was... I don't, I don't want to say it, but anyway, it was... They were, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that, like, I didn't know about Fanbyte until seeing this news. And, like, hey, you know me, I'm DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices. I follow gaming news a lot. You know, we have to do mm-hmm. this podcast, and I have no idea what Fanbyte was. That's crazy, because, like, we are actively looking for news. So, yeah. Okay, so I like to think of Fanbyte as Kotaku Jr. In that they're a very opinionated site with their own views. They don't really do news. They do mostly op-eds to push whatever agenda they feel like. However, most of the time their agenda is based in a PLC and queer circles in regards to video games and safe spaces. So they were never going to pop off in a way that like an an IGN or a GameSpot or a Polygon or The Verge are. Giant because, Bomb. Or, well, Giant Bomb has their own problems. Giant yeah, Bomb, like, they're, yeah. Three times. they're trying now. They're trying now. Uh, mm. But they're never going to pop off in a way because an article about Call of Duty isn't going to be, hey, check out this Call of Duty game, is, hey, Activision Blizzard is bad, so we're going to talk about them being bad instead of talking about Call of Duty. That probably didn't engender them to, like, getting traffic and stuff like that. So yeah. I could see the tea leaves in that organization falling off eventually, especially when, let's just be honest, the video game audience is, mm-hmm. is a cesspool of misogyny, racism, uh, and homophobia, and mostly perpetrated by younger adults who don't care and or don't know about the situation at hand. And so 
Like, they're never going to be the core audience for Fanbyte, which means Fanbyte suffers from the problem that most entertainment brands that focus on it, not niche audience, but an ideal audience, finds is that, like, yeah, you guys didn't hear about them. I only know about Fanbyte because Imran Khan, formerly a Game Informer, worked for them. So, yeah. like... Oh, I he follow, was a Fanbyte. Yeah, I follow Imran, and uh, shout out to him, he got fired while he was covering Tokyo Game Show in Japan for them. So, like... That's, yeah. yeah from Is he still can, there? Yeah, uh, he's coming back soon, because TJ's ends today. Uh, so, I, he gets his own a unpaid vacation right now, because... What if uh, he was stuck there? Uh, <laughs> from what I can tell, Fanbyte is now just exists as a guides website and a Final Fantasy fourteen website. Mm-hmm. It pretty much got rid of 90% of its editorial staff, and it's a, it's a skeleton crew that exists. And so shout out to all the individuals who lost their job at Fanbyte. As much as I could see the tea leaf coming, you guys didn't deserve to leave. And something I also learned about Fanbyte, which I thought was shocking, is that they were owned by Tencent. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets weird, because it's like Tencent owned a, a, a news outlet and didn't do anything with them. And Did just... you see uh, <laughs> the Fanbyte Twitter? Where I say you no. didn't take all the keys from me, motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> someone's on the Twitter. <laughs> it's such a it's such a weird thing it gets into that weird bit like of capitalism like math in that Mm -hmm. there is no morality in capitalism but there is a moral like point to be made about a website like fanbyte existing and being able to put out content yeah but the question is what happens when that like conflict of interest happens what well, well, the conflict of interest? It's like, where, where does that morality meet business when eventually, like, how long is Tencent willing to lose money on a business? And also, Tencent, you make billions of dollars. Why aren't you just willing to foot the bill for this? I mean, that could be free I mean, promo like, for your shit. Like, why are you not just... Well, that's, exactly. That's your loss leader. But... But but I think, every, I think M- you're about yeah. to say the same thing. I'm yeah, Fanboy is not the website to do promotion for exactly. Tencent products. I don't mean like that necessarily, but they could always give them exclusive shit, you know, a week or two, a month before other outlets. But I, then you get, you get into the issue, Sean, with like Fanbyte's audience and reach is that you would do better putting that stuff out exclusively to other outlets with a bigger reach than Fanbyte. Not, not if that's where you start to become the place to get exclusive stuff. You have to grow from somewhere. I get what you're saying. You would get more eyes on an IGN, but how did IGN get to that point? IGN wasn't always like this. Fair point, but I also think that they're not the type of website to let someone from corporate mm-hmm. say, we're giving you free stuff, and them not be like, hey, here's free stuff. Also, we have X, Y, and Z problem with this free stuff. That's the type mm. of website they are. I feel you. I mean, I, I think even with all this said, like it just—it also feels like you know, ten cents. It's it's a company in China. China doesn't like when people just kind of talk about free speech in this way. So it kind of lines up to me like, yeah, let's let them go. Like what? And they're they're not making us money. Like that mm. seems like a obvious thing for them. Yeah, from what I can tell, this wasn't an organization that was like started by Tencent. This is an organization mm. that Tencent acquired through one of their mm-hmm. acquisitions and just 
kept stewardship on until they realized we're not making money from this. We should probably figure out a way to lean it down so it makes money for us, which is why they're right. keeping their guides content, essentially. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, once again, man, shout out to those people. Uh, I, I hope they find their feet in video game journalism if they continue to do so. Or people like Imran, I hope he stays in video game journalism. This is the second time he's sort of been fired. Like, I think fired laid on, off like that. He laid off like this while working a video games job. And there aren't many places like the the big loss of fanfight is it. You essentially lost a very openly inclusive environment for people of color, the queer community, and uh, women. You just lost that entirely. Yeah. And mm. so, like, if those writers can go other places, but are they going to be allowed to have those be opinions open so open as they want? Yeah. And then the second thing is DJ will probably have more uh, context for this because I, I will admit that I'm part of the problem why this happened. G4 TV hit with major layoffs less than a year after coming back. G4 came back. They had a massive marketing campaign about it coming back. They were assembling their shows, ringing in content creators. They did a smart thing in that while they are still a actual network channel, they're putting out all their content online and streaming it from various avenues. So like it's super easy to find G4 TV content. However, I could see the writing on the tea leaves when they came back. The era in which a they thrived is over. They would thrive like, is over. And they and they would have to do and like they would have to hit lightning <clears> in the <throat> bottle to have this be sustainable. Or have someone yeah. just willing to write an empty check for them going forward. Because, like, I used to love X-Play. I mm-hmm. used to love Attack of the Show. But not enough to watch them when they came back. When I've now found other things in... There the- wasn't things like Twitch back then. And YouTube gaming and Facebook gaming. And all commodified, democratized, just creator content. Yeah. Like, to... to like. This is actually a, uh, interesting, me and DJ aside. The only video game podcast I used to listen to was G4TV's feedback, which was the cast of X-Play mm. talking about games. I thought I used mm-hmm. to love it because I love the cast personalities on that. And you got to see people who didn't get to see on X-Play talk. And like you, you got to actually see their editorial staff, the people making their content. Right. And then that ended. Uh, then DJ pointed me out to Podcast Beyond. And I went from mm-hmm. Podcast Beyond to kind of funny and then to kind of funny to easy allies and the easy allies into uh, all the other uh, relative areas around that space and so what that represented to me now is taken off by something else and i will tell you now as i finally admit that it's impossible to live my life where you listen to 18 hours of podcasting a week that is impossible to live so like yeah, those are rookie numbers you got to pump those up <laughs> so like there's no world that i was going to make time for G4 as much as I was excited for it to come back. And I also, to my taste, didn't have the most, oh yeah, exciting cast that like, I'm definitely checking in for this thing. Like I love Fiona Nova. I love Gerard the Completionist. I love Austin mm-hmm. Creed, but like not enough to watch them make content if that makes sense. Which suck yeah. was, was one of the things that it's like- You didn't grow with them the same in, well, in, watched, in, in that context. I think it might be more like, you have to start that relationship over with these people and like grow with them now. But it's it's a little different now because you have other pieces of content that have, you've I grown up I, with. I, I literally want the core reason why I didn't want D4TV beyond not being immediately invested in the content groups they put together. And hell, I'm a fan of Will Neff and Austin's show. And I didn't want to of their content there. Is that mm. 
I don't have time to uh, put invest more content into, into invest in more content. Is this content doing absolutely anything brand new or interesting that I'm not getting from anything else I'm doing? Yeah. Not really. So like I yeah. feel the need to tune in on a regular basis, which sucks. But yeah, so most of the creators still remain at the network, but they've lost a large majority of their support staff to which a quote I believe I read is that like most of the people there aren't sure how they're going to keep the place afloat with all the people they lost in support. Yeah. So we'll see yeah. what their future is going to be. I know, DJ, you had a bigger investment in this G4 reboot than I did, so I want to see how you feel about this entire situation. Sorry for rambling. No, you're fine. You're fine. What you said made a lot of sense. Like, yeah, it's it's absolutely horrendous to hear this news. Like, I, I'm kind of gutted by it because, like, I really did like G4 TV and, like, this new incarnation of it, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought there was like every once in a while I'll sit and like watch a little bit of their content. And it's like, oh, this is actually funny. Like, oh, I like these people. But that was the issue. Like I would watch a little bit of the content. Like I didn't watch everything because they put out a lot of stuff. And as Avery said, like I also kind of read the tea leaves because it's just like, damn, like I'm kind of a target audience for this. And even I'm not watching too much of this. And then even on their channel, like every once in a while, I would check their um they're like watch numbers and stuff and their watch numbers always felt kind of low and it's like damn so it's not just me like there's a lot of people just not paying attention to this content uh, were they just not putting out compelling content or exclusive content or anything riveting no i mean the content was good the content was entertaining but it was just as avery said like there's just so much other stuff to watch so, so much content now yeah, yeah they're competing I, with people who are doing what they're doing but for less money as well Mm, yeah yeah exactly exactly and probably less censored oh i don't know i mean like they eh, i don't know i don't know about less censored like there was some like skits on on g4 tv i'm like okay yeah i guess you guys can do that because it's kind of internet thing but um i feel like i feel like they should have partnered with a platform they should have partnered with either netflix hulu like one of those platforms to like help them promote themselves and get money and stuff. They should have had more cross pollinations with other Netflix places. They couldn't make that partnership because G4 is a, as a brand it's owned by Comcast. Oh, and I was going to say Netflix wouldn't let them put their shit out on YouTube like that. How they were putting out. Yeah. I, yeah. That's not actually not necessarily true. I'm pretty sure what, what Netflix show put out their content on YouTube immediately afterwards. Well, I know they have Netflix as a joke, and they like take some of the stand up and put on there. But uh, I think, like, as much as I shit on Netflix, I do think Netflix would have read the tea leaves and said that okay, this content will do better if it's being posted on multiple avenues. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And it, it just especially like, for the daily stuff. Yeah, or maybe I, if I they partner like, with which. I feel like the COVID also got them too because a lot of their content works better in person than like you know, like what we're doing, where we're like, we're on, on a discord call kind of thing. And, you know, they no, tried their best big to... studio talking about <laughs> it's huge, but yeah, like it works best when they are in person, they're able to vibe off each other and so on and so forth. Cause like that was, that was the major draw of like attack of the show of X play. Like it was them, you know, doing skits and, and talking to each other and like kind of just vibing off of each other. And like, you didn't really get too much of that during the the time they couldn't you know be together but yeah i mean it really sucks to hear that you know this is probably 
the end of G4 TV again. So, I mean, I, I really hope that a lot of the creators are able to go to other places. I guess Austin Crew will probably come back to kind of funny more regularly. Um, he's, he's a wrestler and he's, well, I'm not well, even yeah, still, yeah. Still wrestling. For like the most interesting thing about G4 and why I thought was super weird is that for the most part, everyone there is like already, they've already got shit outside of the network. And it was all about pooling mm-hmm. resources. Like I mentioned Will Neff and Austin Show. Both of those are created for 100 Thieves. They didn't necessarily mm-hmm. need G4. It was just a great platform to make their content easier to make. Because, hell, we got a crew. We got a support staff that will make this. Otherwise, they just go back to Twitch. And Austin would go back to doing his Raj Mattel thing, which I don't even know how he got away from doing that for so long and doing Lover Host. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sucks. Oh yeah, shout out to to Gina Darling. She's like one of my favorite people on that on G4. So hopefully uh see more. I, I should just follow her and see what she's gonna do after this. Or yeah. Online, yeah. of course. Um, well, <laughs> yes, of course, Sean. Geez, what am I? <laughs> so and our maybe our last story, depends on how I feel. Uh is uh this is from Tom Ivan. They, there was a Nintendo direct and Tom Ivan provided us with a rundown of the content we didn't react to nintendo direct because a it happened literally seven eight in the morning for us and then b after the fact it wasn't we as an entertainment group i.e me and dj having a conversation like should we react to this i don't think we should so we did thank god you didn't (laughs) and not to say there wasn't compelling content but they pretty much had an hour-long direct that pretty much showed the same game 15 times. A lot of Nintendo diehards are going to tell you, but they had X, Y, and Z. And what I'm saying is X, Y, and Z would have popped more if there wasn't 20 minutes of the same game over and over and over again in between them. So I'm going to go down a slight short rundown of some of the things we saw. I'm going to talk about the main big things that we saw here. And if you wanted to, you can watch the direct itself to get a look at a lot of Japanese farming, uh, life simulators, small RPGs. So, like, the big news out of the Nintendo Direct was Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Fun fact, this was uh, delayed because of the death of the Queen and Legend of Zelda being called Tears of the Kingdom, which, okay, cool. Uh, That's why. You're just getting that, man, you I, Yeah, I am. I'm just getting that. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how um Tears of the Kingdom could either be Tears like, like paper tears or tears like, like crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking of that, like, oh, okay, that's weird. I didn't even think about the whole like Queen Elizabeth thing at all. So the big thing about this is hey, we got a release date. So uh May 12th, 2023. That's cool. Uh this just looks like more press. Well, that's not true. I really want to see how this game works because it, from what I can tell, it's here's the original Breath of the Wild map, except we built an entirely brand new ecosystem on top of that map of yeah. uh, interconnected sky islands, which if they don't cheap out on it, it would be an entirely brand new environment, which seems dope. My only hope for this game is that it has a more traditional Zelda this is me being boring because I'm I'm the guy who doesn't like Breath of the Wild. Has a more traditional Zelda You're not alone. Zelda story structure with actually cool and interesting dungeons, and not me running around breaking my sword every five minutes. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I 
I'll go on record and say that like Zelda was never really my bag. So playing Breath of the Wild was like, all right, I'll try this game out. I didn't really enjoy it. I thought there was better open world games like Horizon. But um, yeah, I, this this looks interesting. Yeah, I think we went the opposite direction of the rest of the world because I got both yeah. of them and I played Horizon Same more time. like, oh, this yep. is my jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty much all of us. Yeah, so um, we'll we'll see what what this what happens with this. Yeah, yeah. Continue, Avery. Uh, okay, so another bit of news that we got out of there, and this is actually another headline that I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shove into this one. But this is from The Verge. Uh, this is from Tom Warren. Uh, the other thing they showed off is that GoldenEye 007 is coming to the Nintendo Switch from the Nintendo Expanded. Uh, it's part of the N64 pack for that, and at the same time. GoldenEye 007 is finally coming to Xbox and Nintendo Switch. It was the remastered one that had leaked ages ago. It's now being released on Xbox via Rare Replay, which is, like, awesome. If you want to play a 30-year-old game that has not aged well in the world of shooters, it's there for you for the nostalgia. The big caveat, however, is the Nintendo Switch one, which has online multiplayer, and the Xbox one doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people are saying that this is a caveat situation, that like the only way Xbox is going to get this from a licensing uh, standpoint is if they lost the uh, online multiplayer. But from what I did my own digging, it's that GoldenEye doesn't have the infrastructure to make online unless they've rebuilt it from the ground up and it seems like they just did a remaster. And so the only way to put in multiplayer online is to sort of do this weird emulation, which Nintendo is able to figure out Xbox couldn't because this is being partnered with Rare Replay. Mm, yeah, it's, it's complicated. I don't think I don't think this is a, any weird caveat situation. That I think the two of them were on par of doing this release, and just Nintendo's infrastructure allowed it much easier to have online multiplayer than Xbox. It's worked out better. Yeah, crazy. But, yeah, but I don't care about any of this. Yeah, me as well. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> if, if my my tenor when I was announcing this news didn't tell you enough. It's that like. <laughs> Why would you go there? I don't see the value in going back to play GoldenEye in any way, shape, or form. I never played it. Really? I, I played it. It was fun. But as Avery said, like, there is no reason to go back. There's absolutely no reason to go back. Like, you're going to hate the experience because no one is accustomed to playing a first-person shooter in that way. And you shouldn't be accustomed to it because it was a bad way of playing a first-person shooter. I mean, they we worked for what they had. You know exactly, what's funny yeah. is... um. When they first came out with the dual stick control scheme for like first person shooters, people thought this is crazy. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. This will never work. This is yeah. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Turned out people were dumb. They didn't know better. Yeah. Now they do. I mean, they don't. Now but they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, Avery, continue. So, uh, in a situation that I felt was weird, uh, it felt very much like the God of War situation at PlayStation. Shigeru Miyamoto came out and he's like, "Hey, man." We were working with Neontic and we're, we had this Pikmin game, which I'm pretty sure is already out. And it's just them telling people, hey, we have a Pikmin game that's out. Please play it. And I'm like, huh, that's the only Pikmin news. And he came out with the Pikmin 4 shirt and said, hey, we're making Pikmin 4. Which is like, awesome. Not a Pikmin fan. So <laughs> very much seems like in line with every other game that they've couched this with. So this didn't get a pop from me. Yeah, this, this was another thing where I was like, ah, oh, cool. Pikmin. And I was like, I also don't play Pikmin, so this is falling on deaf ears, I guess. 
But yeah, I, I think uh, from what I've heard through the different people talking about this, like the big difference is you can see the sky in this versus the other ones where you couldn't. Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm just just give I'm me just another proper warrior wear game. <laughs> and then we got some Mario Kart Eight Deluxe uh, talk, and they showed off a bit more of the track for that game. Which, once again, I'm just looking for friends to play this game with because I will actually miss. I don't need any of this. Just put Baby Park in the game, which is already in the game already, and just let me play that over and over and over again. It's the best map in the game. There's no conversations. It's the only one where everyone is even. <laughs> the one friend who's good at Mario Park cannot blow everyone out of the water. Yes, they can by uh, dashing, skid dashing, skid boosting, whatever the hell it's called. The map is so small, and, the, and there's so many laps, and there, there's so many items that it's impossible for the one person to be really good at the game. I see. To... I have to destroy you at Baby Park then. All right. <clears throat> Trust me. I will tell you, our fr- like the reason we started playing Baby Park as a meta is we had a friend named Andrew, uh, shout out to you, who was just great at Mario Kart. He was just fantastic. If we raced him on any other map, he would get the first and no one could beat him. We started playing on Baby Park and instantly it was equalized. When I say he's the best person to play this game that we know, he's the best person to play this game that we know. And we had, we actually had fun. It's, it's like when we played COD 4 with him and we played that one map that's like really, really small. Shipment container. Yeah, that was the yeah. only map we played when we were playing COD Four uh, split screen because that was the only map where he couldn't just like squad up and like dominate. Yeah, dominate because like oh the map is so small that the minute he gets a kill, someone's already around him to get like get the trade. So like oh <laughs> this is fun. I suppose. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, and that's pretty much it. They had a lot of. Well, what about Fire Emblem? Was that more farming? No, no. no, Fire Emblem. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, uh, as a Fire Emblem fan here, I'm just gonna be honest. I forgot that game was announced. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> the only, the only, like, I, I have, I have so many questions, and, and none of them are why is this guy hair blue and red and saying whatever. The thing that it's called Fire Emblem Engage, and I thought that was a very interesting title because there's also a Gundam thing called like something Gundam Engage, and I was like. Do they know that they're borrowing the same kind of like subtitle? Like, is there is there a thing happening here that I don't know? All about? of them need to pay tribute Dude, I, to the one true king, uh, the the gaming system. Engage. Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what I think of. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm gonna be honest, DJ. The Fire Emblem team was not worried about Gundam. Well, I, yeah, I, and it's it's also two different two different like publishers. So I just found it weird that they used Engage and like Engage is also used on the other like Gundam stuff. Okay, but yeah, like Nokia did make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like you know, this is Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem looks like Fire Emblem. Um, I think the main, uh, not twist, but the main draw on this is like you get uh spirits from the old Fire Emblem character. So as you see, like Marth is on screen. Um, I don't know who else is going to be a part of that because they said names, and I don't know any of the Fire Emblem names other than the ones that I play on Smash Brothers. So yeah, that's that. That's that's yeah. Yeah, this very much felt like it's weird. I like the modern Fire Emblem games. This didn't do anything for me for a yeah. sense because like I don't know what the narrative is, what the structure is, what the world is, what is what is the main conceit for this game? Because it really seems like oh, this is just Tokyo Mirage Sessions again, and or Fire Emblem Heroes on the phone, but put together mm-hmm. and as a Fire Emblem game, which seems cool. I will probably play it if I remember it when it comes out. But like this didn't do anything for me to the point where I forgot it existed after the fact. Right. <laughs> yeah, it looked pretty though. 
you know, shout out to that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. There were, well, weren't... let's. So real quick, um, we were going to talk about the PSVR two. Uh, we're not, but um, we kind of talked about it during our uh, state, uh, of state of play. Yeah. And then um, Xbox did their Tokyo Game Show thing. The only thing that was talked about, we, let's let's do the uh, Overwatch thing, and we'll make that quick, and then we can jump. Okay, I because that that's kind of bleeds in because like the Xbox they showed Overwatch to the Kiriko. Oh, I mean, it's not much to say in that the shit I was talking about last week, uh, pretty much is what ultimately turns out to be the truth behind Overwatch Two and its battle pass system. So this is from Sissy Jane from Kotaku. Blizzard gives Overwatch 2 Kiriko for free, but defends its battle pass system. The only caveat I didn't know is that if you own Overwatch 1, you're just going to get Kiriko for free and not have to pay for her, which oh, is cool. cool. That's nice. But, I guess. But it still hasn't changed the rest of how weird the battle pass is. They also confirmed that Kiriko was going to be at, I think, level 50, like 55 of the battle pass. That's insane. So if you own Overwatch 1 already, you'll get her before you reach level 55 percent or whatever yeah you turn it on she's yeah. like one of the three brand new characters but going forward you just have to buy the battle pass and do that so yeah i wonder if there's going to be like a replacement reward if you already have her at that level got it well oh, maybe it's, they'll you probably, probably give you scanner like money no they'll probably just give you they'll probably just give you currency currency yeah yeah to yeah. buy more things <laughs> consumerism gotta love it gotta love it anyway all right yeah, all right. Well, uh, that has been it for the quick hits. Before we jump into what we've been playing, we have a word from our sponsors. It's us. Hey there. Have you been enjoying this episode? You have? Great. Well, if you're listening to the podcast, then do us a favor and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're using. If you're watching this, then like the video, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell so you won't miss out on any of our future videos. Check out pressx2start.com to find information about us, the podcast, links to all of our social media channels, and to join our Discord. Thanks so much. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. And we are back. Now it is time for us to talk about the games we have been playing. DJ, what have you been playing? Hey, hey, DJ. Well, thanks for asking. I've been playing two games. I want to talk about the first game, and then we'll talk about the second game in that order. First game is Genshin Impact. Guys, you excited? Of course. Always. Yes. See? Yeah, that's exactly. Let's see. Enthusiasm I want. So uh, Genshin Impact, uh, I talked about this earlier, before, in the past. Uh, they just put out their 3.1 trailer drop, and of course, it is Genshin Impact doing Genshin Impact things, which is beautiful, beautiful things. So in this trailer drop, they talked about the new desert biome that's going to be as an extension of Sumeru. Nailed it, because I've been practicing. Thank you, not giving me my flowers. Uh, it looks cool. Um, you know, they also showed off the new characters, because as, as Genshin Impact grows, the, the character roster also grows. And the characters look dope. And this new character, Kate, Cadence, Cadence, whatever her name is, but she has a spear and shield. Looks great. Looks cool. Uh, Genshin, Genshin Impact continues to amaze me because they keep ramping up their like their level. So like mm -hmm. last, like I guess what 2.0, 2.8, like that that kind of like update. 
they added different islands or whatever. And it was like, oh, cool. They added more space to the game to explore. That's cool. This like 3.0, 3.1, they added new characters, which everyone expected. They added a card game. They're going to add a card game to this game that's going to be a permanent fixture of the game. What? Yeah. And no one expected that to happen. Like everyone was just like, oh, cool. We're going to get characters. And then the announcement just kind of continued. And we're like, they're adding cards to the game? Like, what? So we don't know too much about the card game system, but it looks interesting. The thing is, I'm not that big of a card person. Like, like, uh, like, like what? Gwent in Witcher? I never really played that. The, uh, well... Horizon 2 didn't have a card system. They had that that other system. Did y'all play that in the card thing? Uh, yes. Okay. I think it's Did you enjoy all, it? I, no. You played it for the trophy. There's no trophy for it. Oh. Uh I find it actually a very like that is a game I prefer to play in real life than play in a game because it's so involved and there's so many elements that it feels like it should be its own thing and not yeah. just a mini game here. Okay. So yeah, like they're they're doing a card system. I want to see what that's going to amount to because i think at the front it's like oh that's cool they're adding more like diverse content to this game to play but then it's like all right so is this also going to be behind like a you know primo gem system like what what is this going to really amount to in terms of the actual game as a whole but the biggest news they announced was they are partnering with i'm going to butcher the name but i'm going to try my best oof oof table is that What's the what's the, pronoun- what's the proper pronunciation, Avery? Yufa table. Yufa well, table. Like, Thank yeah. you. It's 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 one of those weird Japanese words. It's clearly an English word, so like I'm not gonna front people on its pronunciation in terms of like is it UFO table or is it UFO table? Yeah. Because in See, Japanese it'd be UFO. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. See, my broken brain. I read UFO table, and I know that's not the right thing, but I can't help it but see that. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Genshin Impact is partnering with Ufa Table, and they are making an anime. And this is supposed to be a concept trailer. This looks amazing. No one saw this coming, and everyone's just like, "What the hell?" Like this is being a concept trailer. We don't really know if it's going to really amount to this level of detail in every scene, because I don't. I don't even think this is necessary to get like this kind of like yeah, fidelity. Yeah. But it looks cool. Um, so that's that. That that's pretty much the new stuff that's dropping for three point one. That's happening in like two weeks or so. In terms of the actual uh, story for Sumeru, like I am enjoying it. Uh, I'm gonna give a really brief spoiler because I know none of y'all gonna play it. Like when you enter the city, the main thing about the city is that no one in the city dreams, and you're like, oh, that's an interesting like weird thing and they're everyone's all proud of it like yeah we don't dream because we're so we're so logic based we don't need to dream because dreams are for imagination we don't need imagination because we're intelligent you know that and everyone gets this like little um dream inhibitor well it's like a little smart device thing that goes on their ear and like everyone's like oh this is a cool thing that you get once you come into sumeria city and it's like oh that's cool but sean you're actually on to something turns out that everyone in that city is actually reliving like the same day and you as a main character come into the city and you start noticing like really weird things and the way that they showed it in the game it literally tripped me out where i was just like 
that anyone just see that like this it would do a thing where like the screen would like play a scene and you see like little like quick cut lines and you're like did my tv just do that and then it just kind of progressively builds and builds and builds until it's just like mm. oh yeah like this is not real like there like one of the story scenes like you replay the same scene like four times Mm-hmm. And every time in the scene, you have to pick through uh, like boxes and each box has like a different thing in it. And the first time you pick it, you have no idea what the box is. The second time you're like, oh, I think it's this one. The third time you're like, wait, this is not right. Like I've done this before. And like by the last time, all the options is just the same option. And it's just like, oh, this is crazy. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, like Genshin Impact just continues to amaze me with, with its uh, gameplay and all the story stuff. So yeah, that's that. Uh, now, let us talk about Call of Duty Modern Warfare multiplayer beta. It's a long ass title. Mm-hmm. Sean, what are your thoughts on this thing? I feel like this is where Battlefield 3 and 4 were in terms of like recoil and movement. Mm. I do not like how... Maybe I have to get used to it again, but at the moment, I don't like how heavy it feels, how sluggish it feels. People may see it feels snappy. I know this is a new engine that they're running it on. Mm. Um, I think my ultimate issue with where the series has gone since like Ghost or Advanced Warfare was that you no longer had a bead on where people could be. Before those, you couldn't get on rooftops. There wasn't as much verticality. Not that I have a problem uh, with that. Yeah. But I feel like it's no longer call of duty i understand the gameplay has to evolve people bitch and moan that you know they keep releasing the same game over and over and over again Mm -hmm. i think i just don't like how well defined it is where i need to look out for i think there was one person i was tracking when i was playing the uh, beta and i could see their footsteps with my perk and i knew they were around the corner but come to find out, they climbed up on top of like a little, let's call it a banana stand, and they jumped down and killed me. Like yeah. the fucker dropped down like he was freaking Spider Man and shot me. And I'm like, <laughs> where, the, where the hell did you come from? <laughs> like that was a thing you could do. Yeah. No, no, I, I totally see where you're coming from in terms of how dense the, the levels are now, in terms of, yeah, mm-hmm. the, like the verticality. Like you can't camp anywhere now, really. Exactly. Exactly. And like I, I kind of like that. And I, I'm trying to think like I like it, but I also find it annoying too when it's just like, okay, I know why would I think the to look there? Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, I know the person's over there. So you turn a corner and you look, there's no one there, but then he is like on a second level and he shoots down. You're like, God damn it. Like, yeah, I, I totally get that. Like, I am well, actually, no, if you, you can continue if you're going, then I'll there is also a level of toxicity that has evolved, and it's not the typical hey you fucking n-word you know like it yeah <laughs> it's different from back in the day 10 15 years ago now everyone is a goddamn streamer pro min max in their build and yeah you fuckers are trash even though they died first and <laughs> because you didn't clutch a 1v6 <laughs> bitch like the audacity yeah <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's so quick to call you trash now when they died first. Like, bitch. Yeah. Oh, my. It's like, you got more dust than me. What are you talking about? <laughs> and the level of trash talk is just, I, I miss, I, I fucked your mom trash talk versus 
Everybody trying to, everybody claiming, you know, that they're Call of Duty's greatest gift to gaming because they're showing off of their stream. It's, I don't know, it's just bullshit, man. Yeah, like it is that thing of people are more inclined to try to show off because of their own like little personal channels versus people just trash talking for the sake of venting for the day or like you know and then you got people thinking uh they're good when they're using cheats and stuff too it's just oh yeah what yeah yeah so i also played the multiplayer beta um i'm I'm, i guess i'm on the different uh tone was it feeling yeah different different side of the defense or whatever that saying is saying Mm. yeah i absolutely love this beta um, I, it's been a very, very, very long time since I've played Call of Duty. It's been a very, very long time since I've like really played a first person shooter. Like I dabbled here and there, but like, yeah, like jumping into this because my only reference really is from Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And yeah. that was years ago. Three years. This feels, so you didn't play yeah. Cold War or Vanguard really. You played no. the beta, I think. Yeah, 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 you're right. I did play the multiplayer beta of Vanguard and like that's a Treyarch game and I, I go on record by saying Treyarch games are the lesser of the three games. Ah, uh, Black Ops are good. I never liked Black Ops. Like I'll play it, but I just I just never, yeah. Okay. But um yeah, like the gameplay felt much faster for me. Like normally when I jump into Call of Duty, I immediately turn down the um uh the look speed to like three or four. Really? Like that's the yeah, default. Yeah. Four. Is it four? Okay. I felt like this look speed was a little faster, but I just kind of left it because like, oh, this actually doesn't feel too bad. I turned so, it I don't up know to like if... six to seven. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah. I probably should play around with messing with it because in one of the matches that I played... Oh, so I should actually preface this by saying in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, um, they have redid the dive mechanic, so now it's way more actually effective to use. So much so that I was 1v1ing a guy. He ran past me, did a 180 in the air and dived and lay on the ground and like shot and killed me. And I was like, like in the moment, I was like, what the fuck? Where'd the guy just go? Like, why am I dead? And I looked at the kill cam. I saw what he did. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was so like just confused and at the same time impressed by like (laughs) that level of like maneuvering. I was like, I didn't know you could do that. And the thing is, I think because based off of the UI from the the lobby and stuff, you can see when when a player is like keyboard and mouse versus controller. Yeah. And I believe everyone there was controller. So I'm like, well, if he's able to do that, I'm gonna fuck around and figure that out because I want to do that shit. So that was something I was just like, all right, cool. I'm gonna put that in my back pocket. I'll, I'm gonna figure that out later. But I had such a good time playing. Like you know, I I wasn't doing the best all the time, mm-hmm. but it was a thing of just like kind of learning the maps and like learning. Or I guess relearning the whole like Call of Duty thing. Yeah. And it's interesting because I feel like playing like GBO2, it's so important for you to stick with the team. And I remember like my 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 Call of Duty habits are like, okay, if the team's going this way, I'm gonna go that way. Because that way is gonna be like where we're I'm um, cleared and no and it's just like Did you did you see that Caleb City video about flanking away from your team? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 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 and it, it pretty much was like that because it's just like, all right, I'm gonna go this way. And then they die. And I'm just like, shit. So now like sorry uh, everyone. <laughs> right? So like I I'm I'm more 
I'm more inclined now to just stick with my team. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I do that, like I just have a better time because it's just like throwing fire down there, like throwing grenades, throwing like flashbangs or whatever. And it's just like, okay, this is cool. This is a lot of fun. I just want to give a big prop to I get big props. Yeah. To the uh the gunsmith 2.0 mm-hmm. or whatever. What I love about it is that it reminds me of the little like tweaking here and there that I was doing in like back in Armor Core days where it's just like, oh, let me put this thing on here. Let's see what this does. Oh, let me try this thing. And like they give you almost 100% freedom of building your gun any way you want, except that you have to obey like the five attachment rule, which is fine. Like that, that's, it's, that is what it is. That keeps it from being like completely broken. But like it is so cool to be able to turn your M4 from a assault rifle to something closer to a, like a SMG. Yeah. And it's like that that is so awesome. Like I I can't wait to dig into that system further and like really start building out like custom loadouts. And then on top of that, the um Hey DJ. Yes. We live in America. You can do it for real. <laughs> but like there's a level of protection of doing it in the game versus doing it while black. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah like overall i had a good time with the um the beta the only issue that i really really have and this is a call of duty thing is that the ui is still cheeks like everything is is it's so hard to parse like the different things and it's just like all right where am i like i logged into the call of duty like game or whatever and I was shown like, oh, you can pre-order the content or whatever. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want this. So I pressed circle and it logged me out of Call of Duty. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck just happened? Yeah, <laughs> Turns out I had to press I'm down to go like, yeah. And I was like, what it like, why is this? Why is this like this? Like, come on, guys. But yeah, that's pretty much um, our impressions of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer beta. Mm. I have something mm. to say. Go for it. Yeah, so, uh, hey, shout out Sony. If you're complaining about Xbox exclusivity with Call of Duty, maybe get rid of your whole uh, exclusive content for PlayStation System thing. It's a it's shout out, maybe. I don't know. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. We're supposed to get the Ghost of Shiva already. <laughs> that makes sense. That's fine. That's using a PlayStation IP. But, like, hey, all this other exclusivity Oh, the stuff. beta. Be- yeah. Not, not even the beta. The beta stuff, that's fine oh. because, like, Fuck you if you think, like, whatever. That's fine. It's the other exclusive content going forward for PlayStation only. That thing that they oh, probably get rid of. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have a good point there. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Sean, you've been doing a little uh, yakuzoing. Yakuzoing? Yakuzoing? Yakudling? Mm-hmm. All of yakuzoing. that. I'm yes. a pimp now. Next game. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> okay. I mean, I no, specifically, <laughs> he's managing a cabaret and he's recruiting girls off the street and other places. But Avery, you do you. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh, you know, okay, yeah. So uh, I finally got the platinum in The Last of Us Part One. Um, hey. So shout out to that. It's not on my hard drive right now. I'll download it again in a year from now when I want to feel bad. But like to just reiterate how I felt when I started playing this remake is that, man. That's with part one, it's one of the best games ever made. Like, even mm-hmm. with parts of it that have not aged the best, it's like, I still shits on 90% of games, AAA games mm. that are put out there. And I'm like, mm. uh, I, I, I adore this game. And it makes me sad to know that Last of Us 2 exists, 
Not that Last of Us 2 was a bad game, but like that Last of Us 1 ending is just so powerful that like the idea yeah. of a sequel is just so sort of ruins the experience. Yeah. You kind of get why people were upset how he died. No. <laughs> no, fuck that. Those people are cringe and that's perfectly fine the way Joel died. I'm just talking about the happiness of the Joel and Ellie relationship is, oh, yeah. is, is a moment in time I just want to sit in. Cause, like, just right I, off in the sunset. Yeah, yeah. like because like, I'm playing the game and I'm like, huh, Ellie is really really bonded to Joel really quickly as a father figure. Huh. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, man, this is really tragic. Look at the happen. Look at look, look at the acting in this little girl's eyes as she sees this man trying to save her. Oh, man, this is... Uh, uh, ah, with even more intensity now because oh, dude, they like, use the, the actual... Yeah, the, like, final shot of the game of Ellie, like, Joel straight up lying to Ellie's face with the new face and the new motion capturing is, like, so fucking chef's kiss of, like, acting because, like, they did a good job in the original of like making subtly in the acting of that scene, but here just like a oh tour de force of like, oh man, she knows she's lying. Does she care that he's lying? Does it bother her that he's lying? It's so much clearer in this version of like the emotional journey she goes. They did on what they life. could with what they had back then, but damn, I kind of want to play this for the eighth or ninth time now. Yeah. Uh, mm. Then after that, once wait, like wait. Sean, did you get the the remake? No, nah, not yet. I'm gonna wait till it oh, drops. Okay, okay. I don't have the money for it right now. Yeah. Okay. For uh, once. Uh, okay. So number one, I watched Cyberpunk: The Edge Runners on Netflix, and I will say that is a ten out of ten anime series. That oh wow really that CD Projekt Red nearly destroyed because they tried to get rid of the best character <laughs> in the game because they don't like lollies, which I'm not gonna fucking litigate the lollycon <laughs> thing. It's whatever. It's a thing I've just had to roll with because of the fan of anime. But I'm just saying, Rebecca is the best character in that fucking show. And like the conversation between CDPR and uh, Studio Trigger was like, oh, if you try to take her out of this show, we're, we're just, we're canceling this right now. Like, they're, really? they're adamant on putting her in. And I think, good job for you. She's fantastic. She's a great character. Wow. That being said, I watched Edge Runners and I said, fuck it, let me play Cyberpunk. So I uh, booted up on my PC and realized, oh man. It is not running well on this PC anymore. Like, this is a PC that's two and a half years old. I haven't upgraded any parts of it. And I've been using it for such uh... mundane shit that, like, it's just clogged to hell. So I used, I went from 60 frames to, like, 20. And it's like, as someone who doesn't give a shit about frames, this was such a drop that I'm like, I, I'm just going to play the PS5 version. So I, I say, you, you, you went to go play the PS4 version on PC. How noble of you. So I booted up the <laughs> PS5 version, and I'm like, oh, man, this game is still... Based on how I played it back in the day and my memories with that game, still fucking awesome. And I can't wait to see all the new shit they've put in since then, as well as the Edge Runner content in there. Because one thing I noticed immediately, which is fantastic, is that one, I started a brand new playthrough on PS5, and I played Street Kid on PC. I'm going to play Corpo on here. Uh, immediately, the first thing I noticed is that you can make outfits where, like, before, you just put on random shit and look like a crazy person. Now you can go mm, yeah. to your closet and pick out outfit choices and make an outfit that you can equip at any time while still keeping the dumb stats from whatever you're wearing. Yeah, because that looked like a crazy samurai Lou Bega. Yeah, that that was my issue too. It's like, oh, this jacket looks really dope. And then it's like, I'm so much like, my level is so much past this. It's like, I, I need to wear actual like appropriate yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm going to be on a cyberpunk journey for the next couple of... Uh, weeks going forward as I wait for God of War. But in the meantime, I finally made good on playing what I've been threatening to do and playing uh, Saints Row uh, the reboot. 
And I will say that in the one hour of game play I played, it a still feels like an old Saints Row game from like an entire generation ago, and looks like an old Saints Row game a generation <laughs> ago. Like, I don't like shitting on games. I do yeah. it a lot, but I don't like it. But I do think all the bad press in this game is entirely justified in just a presentation in low. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. And then it's character creator. I think immediately I was like, I don't like character creators. So I'm just going to play the default fucking boss. And to their credit, in their presets, she's the first mm-hmm. one you can uh, uh, mm-hmm. sort of like uh, select. Okay. But it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, was there, oh, well, you only played an hour of it. So I was going to say, like, was there anything like in the story that, like, grabbed you in any way i mean the story from very much early on for the first hour i played is that like hey you join a paramilitary organization because you're a fresh out of college kid and you need a job and all you care about are benefits and like Mm -hmm. your bonuses and pay increases and cost of living stuff you know millennial shit and like they don't give a shit about that and i guess the story is an evolution of that but like as i am so far no part of it is really interesting that being mm-hmm. said, the initial set piece is cool. I just wish it was more involved mechanically, if that makes sense. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. I think I think that's it. We did it. We we talked about the latest news. We talked about the games we're playing. And with that being said, that has been our podcast for the day. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, watching this episode as much as we enjoyed talking and making this episode in case you miss any details you can find any of that and more on the website press x number two start.com again we ask that you please like this video subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell yeah you know again if you're listening to this please pause the podcast leave us a review and then unpause the podcast and then continue listening because we need your support and your support is everything to us yeah so i think with that being said um oh and and check out the playstation state of play live reaction that we did because it is amazing and it's doing gangbusters compared to our normal numbers not compared to like ign or like a game spot or like a kind of funny but it's doing gangbusters for us so be a part of the gang and bust them numbers and rob a few I'm people back. while you're at it why not whoa wait 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 don't do that only in gta not in real life only in gta that's All america it's right. a free country <laughs> especially for if you rob people <laughs> I don't think I could support any of that. <laughs> but, you know, if you get locked up, tell everybody else about our podcast because we appreciate that, too. You got time to listen. <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace out. Be safe. Play games and wash your hands. Also, fuck G2. You know what you oh did, Carlos. Jesus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, fuck G2. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. Bye.